trust in money remains the bedrock of stability. The soul of money is trust. I, I think we are not paying sufficient attention to the law of unintended consequences. In the immortal words of the doors, the time to hesitate is through. What's uh, going on? Uh, not a lot. Just uh, enjoying the warm, sunny morning and lining up to have a chat. It's warm where you are? It is. It is. Nice. Quite a warm day. Yeah. It's overcast as hell here. It's it's, uh, it's almost like winter. I suppose if you're doing summer solstice. <laughs> um, it's Yeah, it's been a very strange summer. Um, but it's, it's not unlike summers that we've had before. Um, with, with what we do with our market garden stuff, we tend to track a lot of that. Um, and we have had some pretty cold Decembers. Um, I think, uh, 2015, maybe it was, there was like snow around this time of year as well. So it's not really that unusual. No, that's true. It, it, uh, 15 and 16, um, I recall being fairly cool summers and then um, it was hell on earth for about three years and then uh, maybe one or two years and then uh, and then it's just gotten cool again. Cycles within circles, huh? Yeah, everything's, uh, yeah, all just big cycles. Big time. Mate, how did you discover Bitcoin? <sighs> how did I discover Bitcoin? Um, so... I, I think I first heard about it in about 2013 um, and I'm, I'm not someone to, you know, jump on new technology and trends very quickly. Um, I, like many people, wrote Bitcoin off, just ignored it and went, yeah, you know, it's probably just a bunch of nerds doing stuff on the internet mm-hmm. and it's, you know, just, just kids playing around or something. It's not going to go anywhere. Um so that was my, my first touch. Um, and then it wasn't until 2016, 2017, um, it came up again. I, I think there was a, a mainstream news article that popped up, you know, Bitcoin crashing, whatever. Um, and for some reason that piqued my interest at that stage. Um, I, I, I guess because you know, it had been quite a few years and it, I was a little surprised to, to hear that it was still around and still existed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, you know, it, it was one of these typical Bitcoin's dead kind of articles and being the the contrarian that I am, um, <laughs> that that made me go, hang on a minute. <laughs> What, what's going on here? So, yeah, from, from that point, I started looking into it. Um, do you think it was... I the, guess... Uh, I was going to say, do you think it's the, the fact that you were a contrarian 
that kind of made you take that counter trade and be like, well, if these guys are saying this, but this thing's clearly been around since at least 2013 or whenever you first found about it, found out about it, do you think that kind of spurred you on to? I, I, I think a lot of that um, and, and probably, you know, the source of the article, like I, I think it was news.com.au or something like that. And, um, yeah, so the with it coming from them, my natural reaction is is probably to go, yeah, I, I don't believe it. Let me look into it myself. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, there's there's a lot of, you know, stuff that, you, you hear coming out of the mainstream that um, if it if it if it's big enough and you know it's interesting, then you really need to look into it to to see what the actual truth is of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, taking taking what they say at face value is never really a good idea. No, absolutely not. And um, and and I don't think we need to go too far into it to 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 point to examples A, B, C, and D of the last few years, to be perfectly honest. Um, <laughs> so you discovered it in a news article and then what led you to sort of, did you do some reading, some research beforehand or did you just try and figure out a place to buy some or earn some or get some? Um, there, yeah, there was a bit of... Um probably quite a bit of reading and, and digging and, and that sort of thing. Um, I was still for a little while pretty pretty skeptical of, you know, okay, so I buy this by signing up to some website, give them all my details um, and then send send some money across the internet and, and I get nothing physical in return. Um, so it, it did take me a while, um, yeah. and yeah, it took a lot of lot of reading and, and that sort of stuff before I actually just you know bit the bullet and took a little nibble. Um, the, it, it doesn't. I, I don't really recall you know any any particular thing that jumped out at me um, that you know pushed me over the line. But um, like I don't really know any of the the sources that I read or anything like that. Um, but it was just just the sort of thing that digging into the technology and then also going down the the economics rabbit hole side of it a bit, um, and that that really resonated with me. Um, I think you know, just I just got enough information that made me feel like it was worth having a try. Um, you know, see what happens, and hey, if I lose my money, I lose my money. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's, it is a weird once you, once you've articulated just like that, you know, you, you're sending the money that you know is, I guess, money, as far as you're aware, it's money in your account, in your bank account. You're going to send that across the internet to another bank account somewhere. And then in return, you're going to get digits on a screen, same as what you've just sent but you can't ever withdraw those into a physical tangible item you just have to look at them like that's a pretty big imaginative leap to make and could probably hang up hung up a lot of people 
Yeah, for sure. Like when, when you're coming from the outside and you don't um, understand all of the properties of Bitcoin, there, yeah, there's there's nothing to, to grasp onto. It is, it's very, um, yeah, nothing tangible. So, you know, where is the value? Mm-hmm. But once you, you spend the time and, and look into it and you realise, you know, the, the actual discoveries that have taken place here, um, and it can't happen again, and it's scarce, and and all of that sort of thing. Um, it, it's actually easy. Yeah, it's like you you could do the same thing for gold, say, and same deal. Give them all their details, KYC, and all that stuff. But then you get sent this physical item in the post that you sign for, and you can open it up, and you can look at it, and you can touch it, and feel it, and um, and you know reasonably well you know um at least notionally the concept of gold and its ability to hold or store value over time and so that is a bit more intuitive whereas on the surface level bitcoin isn't as intuitive because of that lack of tangibility but what i've found is that the concepts embedded within bitcoin are incredibly intuitive once you start to put the effort in to try and understand. That's it. Um, I'm I'm somebody that, um, you know, even stocks and and that sort of thing, I've I've always thought, felt that, hey, the stock market is just one giant rigged game and um, even – gold and and everything so really i was basically just a a saver Mm -hmm. um much to my detriment obviously um well you say that but i mean a lot of people don't actually fully comprehend saving in cash that's what we're told to do from from day dot when we're at school and so on and so forth you know um and save save your money save a allocation of money for a rainy day but once you enter the sort of the Bitcoin space, get exposed to a few of the concepts and particularly the, the, the notion of inflation, you know, just unpack that for a little bit because, I mean, you know, you said much to your detriment. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, if, if I was less of a sceptic around the stock market and, and um, or if I, you know, discovered Bitcoin earlier and that sort of thing, um, from, from my point of view, Saving was the safest option that I had at the time. Um, and, you know, I, I knew a bit about inflation and that sort of thing, but back then it wasn't quite so standout and obvious as it is now. Um, and obviously I didn't fully understand everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I probably could have been rich enough to, to be retired now if I was uh, <laughs> a bit of a gambler, um, you know, many years ago, but I wasn't. Um, and, yeah, so I guess from that point of view, it, it is to my detriment because yeah, okay. I could have taken advantage of the system even more. Um, but I, I guess I, I'm the sort of person that if, if I see a lack of principles uh, or morals um in, in doing something, even if it's going to be good for me, um, I'll, I'll stay away from it. Um, mm-hmm. 
So, yeah. Um, you mean you have a conscience? Conscious? I, I, I guess I do, yeah. Yeah, which is generally held to be a good thing in this, in this life, apparently. And yet? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, you know, lots of people out there do have a conscience, but when it comes to money, it kind of gets cast aside or it, I don't know. Um, it gets distorted or corrupted or distorted. That's yeah. yeah that's that's probably it. Um, and and they may not necessarily realise why or even that it's happening. But yeah, the the system that we're in is set up that it steers people in that direction. Yeah, totally. It incentivises actual corruption. To be perfectly frank about it, um, mm. and and that has a large to do a large part to do with um, the way that the money works and the inflation that comes off the back of that, I suppose. So, you know, if by being uh, less tolerant of risk, you decided to stay in cash, rely upon whatever the interest rate was uh, in the bank and if it's a term deposit, I mean... Only as recently as twelve months ago, I was getting zero point four percent in a term deposit. Like, mm. and inflation mm. is seven or eight, and you know that's just like theft, pure and simple. I mean, it's just it's just yep. theft. Um, but most people don't quite understand that that correlation between the inflation rate and the interest rate. Uh, and and you know, if you're not very risk tolerant and you are. You do have a conscience and you do want to uh, be seen as doing the right thing for not only yourself but I guess your family, your community. By doing that and keeping your money held in the bank at 0.4% or whatever it is now, 1.6, you know, something, uh, you're getting actively screwed just by trying to do the right thing and you're actually incentivized now to do the unconscionable thing, which is, I mean, not necessarily unconscionable in that you put money and you allocate your capital to stocks and and those sorts of things. That's fair game. Um, But, yeah, I guess, as you said, it it is a bit of a a, a rigged system. I mean, it's practically a Ponzi by this point. It's just so big that we, we, we hesitate to call it one because... It couldn't possibly be a Ponzi. The housing market, no way. The you know, the, the share market, the, it couldn't possibly. There's no way there'd be that type of collusion, and and yet I don't know. All signs point to to those sorts of things. So it's interesting to me that by not being as risky, you're actually actively punished in the particular monetary system that we grew up on and have really all we've ever hmm. known yeah um, i mean until bitcoin came along until i discovered it I, I really didn't have any other option either um so yeah you you do get punished um but that said um you know i had a mortgage and and that sort of thing so pouring as much money as i could into that in the long run I was effectively earning whatever um, interest rate that was on. Mm-hmm. So not all that bad, but yeah, could have, could have worked out a lot better yeah. financially speaking. Yeah. And so 
that's how you discovered it. You, you basically were just curious and sort of counter-traded the narrative in the newspaper. And then do you remember the first time you bought some Bitcoin and sort of what that experience was like when you finally pulled the trigger and was like, okay, I think I bought Bitcoin. Um, it, it was probably quite an easy experience because it was um, in the early stages of that 2017 bull run. Um, right. You know, I managed to start getting in before everything got crazy. Um, and it, it was a small amount. It's not like I just went all in all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, should have done that totally. <laughs> um, should have should have bought more. Yeah. Nobody's ever said that before. Um, no, I think I've got a right amount. I think I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I guess it was a, a pretty easy ride. Um, because I bought it and, you know, the price kind of just was creeping up at that stage. Um, and I, I basically, I bought myself a, a hardware wallet early on and, you know, straight into cold storage. I didn't really feel comfortable leaving it um, on an exchange for, for whatever reason, I guess, that, you know, they're not uh, insured by the government. And, and that sort of stuff. So that side of things forced me with the way my brain works to, you know, dive into cold storage and, and everything along those lines pretty early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I guess it was just a, an easy ride. And at that stage I was already, you know, the price was going up and there's all the excitement and every, everything like that. So I was straight away spending hours and hours every day um reading and watching videos and all that sort of stuff so i was head first straight in yeah right feet feet first and i mean i guess it's easy to feel like you've done the right thing as you see number go up particularly so dramatically and so quickly right after your initial mm. purchase you feel like you're a genius basically <laughs> just like all right cool this is a piece of cake like no worries yeah um yeah and then obviously, you know, you, you it, it, regardless of whether or not it um, goes up or down, you still want to start to learn a little bit more about what this thing is that you've put your money into. Um, but it's made even easier, I suppose, when the number goes up and up and up. And then, you know, what was it, 2017, it got sort of USD, I think it just clipped 20K and then crashed back down. Do you recall what that felt like when you were sort of, Oh, it, it, it was certainly painful um, in that, you know, on the way up, seeing, seeing how much had gone up and, and that sort of thing, um, it was a, a, a lot of the feeling of, oh, I should have put more in, should have done this, should have done that. Um, I wanted to buy a, a property and, and that sort of stuff. And so that was, that was my plan. Uh, you know, when the price gets to this much, I'll have this much money and I'll take it out and I'll go and buy this property and and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. um, started crashing and, yeah, it, it was certainly painful. Um, but at the same time, I was already quite convicted that, um, you know, I, I wasn't going to capitulate at any stage really. Um, I, I was sort of writing 
riding the wave and ready to lose it all and walk away um, if I was wrong. So, so you must have had some sort of aha yeah. moment in that in that span span of time to uh, shore up that resolve. All right, well, I'm not capitulating. I'm not going to sell. Like through the self education that you were doing, do you rem- do you remember like an aha moment when you're like, oh, this well, thing, I'm I, never I, selling this thing. I I don't think there was really any one moment um it was you know more just chipping away chipping away um Mm -hmm. oh that that makes sense oh that makes sense oh there's only you know it's limited and um and digging into the technology side of it um i was you know quite quite blown away with what had been achieved and and that sort of stuff so it was just really um chipping away throughout that um, 2017 period that, um, yeah, it, it just sort of built enough conviction that, um, you just bought, yeah, sell, selling down. wasn't really an option. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I did. I did. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, so you've got, you're aping in now, you, you've gone full DJ and you're buying all the way down as it goes because you, you're starting to comprehend what this thing is. And I guess that's, that's what we are talking about uh, before is um, you can send money on the internet and in return receive some sort of tangible physical item, whatever that may be, whereas with Bitcoin it's still effectively digits, numbers, text. You know, if you can go into the, into the code like in um well i'm not i'm not anywhere near comprehensive of that but i can use terminal to an extent (laughs) you know but like you can see the text and that's really about as close as you can ever get to this thing is just numbers on Mm. a screen um but the concepts embedded within when you were just saying just now oh that makes sense that makes sense oh that makes sense that's that whole counterintuitive mode of bitcoin where on the surface very superficially you think this thing's nuts like it makes no sense and everyone that's involved in it is a crazy person but then once you actually dive deep just into that even just that underneath the the surface then you start unpacking those intuitive concepts where you're like yeah that makes way more sense than anything i've ever been taught in my life yeah yeah yeah, that's it. There is like there's a handful of concepts, and once you grok each one of them, it it just adds that little bit. Um, so it, it it takes the time to to put in the work and mm-hmm. figure it out. Um, I guess some people get it faster, and some people take a long long time to grasp. But um, yeah, I, I think there's certainly a point where once you get enough of those concepts, um, it pushes you over the line. Yeah. Why do you think that you were open and able to discovering Bitcoin? Probably because of the way I am, um, you know, a skeptic and pretty counterculture and and all of that side of things. Um, 2008, um, financial crisis and, and everything like that, I think um, certainly planted a few seeds um, 
and and I've always been a, a bit of a can I swear? Yeah. Um, a fuck the system kind of guy. Um, so all of those things, you know, um, adding up to mm-hmm. put me in a position where I, I was ready for something like Bitcoin to come along um, and then it, it did and it, it wasn't like and, and once I'd, I'd done enough research to realise that it it solved a lot of these issues that I saw in the world, um, it, it wasn't really, yeah, pushing me over the line. It was like, yeah, I'm, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Take my money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right? There's that whole mode of being prior to Bitcoin and they're all fairly disparate and sort of in and around the place. You can sort of get a general sense of who you are, you know, and um, you appreciate it sort of manifests itself in maybe the types of media you consume in terms of movies or music, um, you know, whatever your propensity is to to sort of, I don't know, creative endeavours and things like that. Um, the way that you just sort of operate in a, in a work environment where you kind of question a little bit of the authority figures that are telling you what to do and you just know intuitively that they're dumbasses and why should I listen to you? <laughs> um, and the thing is, it's like you've, you, those things make you pr- like prepare you for discovering Bitcoin and then Bitcoin is like a crystallization mm. of all of those things. Yep. Yeah. That's it. And yeah, as as soon as you see that, um, and you know, it's it's not going to be the same for everybody. No. But yeah, for me, that that I was, you know, that's where my mind was at, um, and it just kind of square peg, square hole. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable how it. Well, Izzy um, said at the Bitcoin Bash a few uh, weeks ago that it's a mirror. So it's going to reflect back whomever you are and whatever your your path has been thus far. And and that's that was a pretty profound statement, uh, I thought, in terms of just um, reflecting back who you are. And then what it does is, I was talking to Opti about this, but it, it gives you the confidence to be who you are then as well. And you mm. don't have to play that game anymore. You, you've got the rule set that you all agree upon. And then you can tinker in the margins to create that creativity and value and so on and so forth for you and for anyone else. Uh, I I think you see that um, in a lot of people that get involved in Bitcoin, um, for better or worse, you know, scammers and degenerates and gamblers and all that sort of thing, they they see value in Bitcoin as well, but Mm -hmm. often... Because of the people that they are, um, the way they approach it, it chews them up and spits them out again. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it works both ways. Totally. It, it'll, it, yeah, it absolutely does. Yeah, it doesn't promise anything. It just it just shows you who you are, and then if you are, you know, um, a fraud and a scammer, and there's been many of them in the last what fourteen years. Uh, it will it will root them out, root and branch in time, in due course. I mean, even that mm. Quadriga X thing that's come up recently, 
you know, where everyone thought that fellow was dead and then these coins started to move off this wallet and it's like everything in its time, you know. Yeah, it it um it takes time, but yeah, all all good things do. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Time and, and work and energy. How has discovering Bitcoin changed you? I I think probably um, hope is the word that springs to mind. Really. Um, the, the way that I, I do approach the world um, and, you know, all of the things that I was seeing and there's no way out and, like, you know, like I said, saving in cash, even though that wasn't the best option, it was the best option I had. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of, yeah, I guess, I guess Bitcoin has opened up a window to... In my eyes, um, a future where we can completely change the world um, into something that isn't so structured against the interests of most people. Um, so yeah, hope is hope is the the word that springs to mind. Yeah. Before before discovering Bitcoin, there was really like, yeah, you know, just plodding along, um, doing the daily grind and, and that sort of stuff, um, wanting to be able to do good things in the world and, you know, have, have a, an impact but not seeing any way that me as just a regular person can do that, whereas now... Um, I, I think for me and for, for a lot of other people, we can actually contribute to building the world that we want to see. Um, so I suppose, yeah, the, the actual answer to the, to the question is, is that it's given me hope for, for a future. That's pretty profound because um, if you're anything like me, pretty cynical individual reflected in the movies and music that I like to listen to and it's this constant willingness to want to change things but not exactly sure not 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 knowing exactly sure how to do that and you think by contributing to this or being involved in that or advocating for whatever you might stand a chance of at least on the on, uh, for your own sake make yourself feel like you've at least contributed something better to the world, you're going to leave it better than when you found mm. it. But you keep coming mm. up against these hurdles and these walls that are put around to prevent that change from ever taking place. And it's not like wholesale change where you just want to burn everything down, although you do get to the point where you just think, like, everything is so fucking retarded right now. Let's just burn it down, cleanse it like a forest fire and... Um, and will rebuild, but clearly that's the destructive path that leads to a whole lot of heartache. But mm. Bitcoin as a, a symbol of, of hope, and, you know, it sounds hyperbolic to say that given the fact that we're talking about a protocol for value exchange <laughs> over the internet, but it really is just this 
instantiation of hope in that you feel like, okay, now I have a tool that can kind of, I can wield in a mindful way that might make at least my life and my family's life a little bit better than what it was before. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's it's so powerful. Um, On what you're saying about the the protocol, um, I was having a conversation with Izzy the other week and um, the we were talking about the protocol and, and um, it came up that, you know, there's actually intention designed into this protocol. And like, when you think about it, how, 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 how can you design a, a technical protocol that has intention built into it that can end up in flipping the world on its head? Um, and, incentivize people to be more principled it's it's insane it is insane and and i mean i guess to unpack that a little bit maybe to pull on that thread because it's that's quite an interesting thought i mean you have what the supply cap 21 million so it's scarce which and and the fact that the that is immutable it's like a rule set that we all need to agree on in order to play the game properly. And so then when those rules are laid out and we know that they're not going to change throughout the match, we can then play that game most effectively rather than have them change on us halfway through a quarter or a half or whatever it is. And so then we just get Mm. upset, annoyed and flip the table as opposed to wanting to finish the game and and try to try to do our best to win it, I suppose. You know. And I I suppose um it it builds in the the ability for people to um you know if if you work hard or whatever you you are able to put something aside and secure your future. Um and then it opens up the ability to think of other things. Um, I, I, I was involved in a couple of conversations, you know, people having Christmas parties at work and, um, you know, having big jobs that they need to get done before the end of the year and, and all that sort of thing um, recently. And, they they came across as like you know they're in these jobs they're they're doing the jobs and they don't care about them um and they're only there because they need the money to feed themselves and and that sort of thing but their attitudes were like you know i'm I'm not going to give any more than i have to um i why would i work faster doing this because then i'll just have to do more work um or, you know, we've got this Christmas party, I'm going to get myself drunk because that's free money from the company and, and that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> and it's it, it's because, like, you know, the way everything is set up, people are struggling to get by and they're also not seeing rewards for their effort. Um, you know, anything they do save or whatever gets eaten away 
um, by inflation and taxes and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, so without even realising, I think people just, they don't care. Um, mm. So flipping that on its head with Bitcoin, you, you work hard and you get, you know, you take home whatever you earn. Um, you're able to put some aside. In theory, over time, the value of that is going to go up. Um, people are going to look for jobs or, you know, spend their time doing things that they actually enjoy and are passionate about. Um, so it, I think that leads to people actually wanting to do what they're doing mm-hmm. and, you know, increase their productivity and add value to the world rather than just kicking the can down the road, getting by and, you know, that's it and try and just milk as much as they can out of the system. Um, mm. it, it's just like, yeah, com- completely different way of looking at the world. Totally. And like Rogan says a similar thing whenever he has guests on that talk about robots and AI and automation and stuff. But his answer to that more often than not, and I haven't listened to Rogan in a little while now, but he used to say things like, well, no, because it'll free up people's time and they'll be able to pursue things that they are passionate about and enjoy and love to do. But what he forgets is that while that's kind of true, if you're just getting stimmy checks from the government or, you know, it's a handout here, there and everywhere, you're no longer really incentivized to be passionate, to be creative, to try new things. You actually end up going down a sort of pretty depressive hole because fundamentally I think all human beings want to feel as though they're contributing something to the world no matter what the scale is it's like you know you need to feel like you've achieved some semblance of proof of work by the end of the day you know and if you go days weeks months without doing that because effectively the stimmy checks coming in and you no longer need to work well then why would you fuck off trying to learn how to become a better artist or a better musician or you know a better electrician or sculptor or you know gardener or anything because there's no incentive now to do that whereas if you can go out and do those things and then have a portion of that that's safe sound secure liable to go up in value so that your purchasing power increases over time such that you can afford to um, buy the certain things that you need and maybe even want and work on a passion project that you actually enjoy and is fulfilling to you, that's the key element. Like Rogan misses that money element. And it sounds silly to just blame it on the money thing, particularly from the outside when you don't have a concept of what money is and how Bitcoin fixes it. Um, But really that's what it is. It's literally just the money and what it represents in terms of information and value exchange. Yeah. It is like if if you're relying on these, you know, stimmy checks from the government to to feed yourself, then all of a sudden you're only allowed to eat what they say that you're allowed to eat, and you know it it you you're not really uh, living anymore. Um, you yeah, you're just bumbling along, and to, that's it. That's it. Um, yeah, so people can secure themselves 
in in a way that they don't need to worry about the future. Worry that if they step foot out of line, they're gonna, uh, you know, lose their permission to eat X Y Z or travel to some place. Then, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's crazy when you think about that. But I mean, gosh, look at the last couple of years. Seriously, and extrapolate forward. It's pretty. It's pretty intuitive. I mean, you think about like. Uh, Ready Player One, that that book and film, you know, they're all stuck in the VR headsets and that's mostly because they're all sort of achieving things. There's a life in there that they at least are sovereign uh, over mm. and have a semblance of control, take the headset off and it, they're just in a, in, a, in a favela or, you know, like a, a tin shed somewhere stacked on high and... Um, you know, you just want to escape back into that world where you have a little bit of control and sovereignty over your actions. Um, and it's, yeah, like it. everyone's driven to that. It sounds great to just wake up every day and just want to fuck off and do nothing, you know, just lie around watching movies and chilling out. But like that's not sustainable at all. You'll go mad, you know. Yeah. I, I don't think too many people would last um, that long if – if that's all they had. Um, no way. What have you learned about was, the um, world? Oh, sorry, man. I was, I was just going to say, um, I, I think probably what you're saying about Ready Player One, um, although, you know, it's, it's slightly different in the way it appears, a lot of people are actually living that way now. Um, you know, they're, they're all concerned about their sports ball or what's on TV or Netflix and, that sort of thing and they go and exactly um and the the cause of it and and the reason they they get you know they get their dopamine hit out of it and everything's okay um so i think without actually having a headset on people are currently living that way um and yeah they a lot of people need to wake up (laughs) yep yeah because because again it's not sustainable i mean There'll there'll be a forcing function eventually that comes along and, you know, will force them really to to wake up to themselves and and realize that what they're doing is is pointless. And that's where you get the whole nihilistic attitude nowadays. It's quite pervasive because if you counter that with or at least combine it with the news every night or just this the constant shock and awe of disaster and horror here and all the rest of it um you know the only conclusion you can seem to draw is like world's going to shit i can't do anything about it might as well just drink as many of the beers as i can at the office party because that'll save me a few more dollars when i go out later on to continue getting shit-faced and like I don't have a problem with people getting shit-faced. If that's what they want to do, that's cool. No problem at all. doesn't bother me at all. But um, again, not sustainable. Can't keep it up for too long. And you need to have some sort of anchor, North Star, a guide, a keel to help you be balanced and um, and forward-facing, I think. And that's really where Bitcoin comes into it. It's like this anchor or a North Star or something reliable that you can – you can count on 
you know, it's certainty within an uncertain universe, I suppose. The universe is effectively hostile. 100%. Right? That's what Maynard says. And um, that's what you got to deal with every single day. Second law of thermodynamics, entropy. Um, but then you have this thing that you can look to and be like, wow, okay. Everything I do is I can channel some amount of energy into that and it will be secure. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, it's crazy. What have you learned about the world and, you know, yourself since discovering Bitcoin? Um, what have I learned about myself? Gosh, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um. It really is a tough one. Um, I, I suppose I've uh, I've become a lot more conscious of, you know, the way that I actually feel and the way that I react to, to certain situations. Um, it's, it's pretty easy to, you know, when you see the world the way that I do, um, to, like you were saying before, want to burn everything down and, and that sort of stuff. Um, so I, I think... In a sense, the opportunity of hope um, has opened up, you know, that, hey, just hang on a minute before you react that way, step back, take a look. Um, so I, I suppose it is, it, yeah, it's given me... Um, a chance to to really assess myself a lot more, um, you know, the way I deal with situations, the way I react to things and, and that sort of stuff. It brings about a sense of calm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd, I'd say that probably hits the nail on the head. Um, it's, like, it's like it allows you, know, you the time to take stock before reacting i suppose yeah Maybe. yeah um i i've always been pretty low time preference um but yeah i i guess it does even more so force that low time preference and with with that becoming a habit um yeah it it does give you the the ability to step back and look at things and, you know, I, I suppose you take an approach of there's no rush with any particular thing. There's no rush to make decisions. There's no rush to get something done um, and you, you will spend more time making sure that what you're actually doing, the path you're taking is the right way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, ra- rather than that, initial off-the-cuff reaction, um, like without speaking about any specific situations, um, yeah, just stepping back and taking the time. Totally. I love the concept of low time preference from the Austrian school, you know, of economics. It's, 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 I think it's one of the things that I was missing in my life to be able to articulate what it was that I was feeling, you know, like you've always had this, you were, you were saying you've always had this this sort of notion of low time preference, but not being able to name it is really difficult to mm. um, then operate 
off it. It's like having an app on your operating system. You just, you, it's not there. It's kind of wa- wanting to, wanting to um, express itself, but because you don't know how to name it, you, you just kind of think you maybe I don't know. Maybe you're less risk tolerant, or maybe you're a bit more patient than others, or maybe you're a bit more skeptical than others, or whatever. But this notion of low time preference, making sort of deferring consumption today in order to save for tomorrow such that you can make it better in whatever shape or form that is, is such a powerful thing to know about, I reckon. Definitely. Um, just, yeah, like being aware of it, being being conscious, um, it, it does allow you to approach things in that way even more um, than you naturally instinctively would. Mm, totally. So when you're down this rabbit hole and you're peering back up and you've got, you notice a couple of people standing around the, the, the top of it and you kind of want to try and orange pill them, how do you, um, how do you go about explaining Bitcoin? How, how have you got, how have you explained Bitcoin in the past to people when you say you first got in to how you go and explain it to them now because that's always an interesting you know journey as well because usually you just kind of garble a whole bunch of nonsense and scare them off (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah i'm I'm definitely guilty of that um uh, i I think a lot of people don't think in in the way that i think and you know all of these concepts uh it's it's not that they don't understand them or um aren't interested it's I. I don't think that it really resonates with them so much. Um, so it's it's hard for people to find value in in the concepts that you know they're they're having thrown at them. Um, I, I probably did do a lot of rambling and and scared people off quite a bit um, mm-hmm. and. I'm, I'm, I'm not a talker really. I'm not a, a salesman or anything like that. And I think um, you really do need to be quite skilled at getting the concepts across in a way that people can understand um, for them to, to grasp it. If you're, you know, going the hard line of, you know, come down this rabbit hole with me. Um, so these days I tend to... Um, I've stepped back quite a bit and um, people will come when they're ready. Um, Everyone, as they say, everyone gets Bitcoin at the the price they deserve. Um, I I think a lot more like, you know, a lot of the stuff that's happened over the last few years has um, opened people's eyes about the way the world is um, and, you know, Maybe that hasn't led directly to them finding Bitcoin or tumbling down the rabbit hole with us, um, but they're they're a lot more open to it. And so I, I think most people will eventually stumble upon what they need to to get them across the line. Um, I, you know, my my parents, for example, I've spoken to them quite a bit about it, and. My mum in particular, she she gets it. Um, she sees all the problems that I see and that sort of stuff, but she's she's a different person um, and she's also 
a lot older, obviously. Um, so I, I don't think she needs it in the same way that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like not everyone, not everyone will get it. Um, and I think just being open to if, if people inquire, share the information that they need and, and that sort of stuff. But um, I, I really don't try and force it on anyone anymore. Um, mm. I, I suppose my, my focus is on, um, you know, doing what I can do to make it better or um, promote it in a sense um, without directly trying to push it on people that aren't ready for it. Yeah. Well, and that's what you're you're doing most recently, I noticed on your Twitter feed you were contributing to Zeus, the latest uh, Zeus update. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've held back from doing anything open source for quite a while. Um, just a, I don't know, um, confidence thing maybe. Um, mm. But, yeah, recently I just started contributing there and it's – it's it's been really good and like it's it's great um you know like that they're all really happy for contributions and um there's a lot of appreciation for people that do put in the time and and that sort of thing so it's it's really easy to to jump in and do it and um i mean if you have the skills obviously Mm -hmm. but um i've just lost my train of thought um, but yeah, like with saying, saying that if you have the skills, like not everyone needs to be coding either. So like, you know, really everyone can contribute to these sorts of projects. Um, and doing so, it actually does feel really good. Um, it, it sort of brings its own rewards. Yeah. I got, I got Zeus on my, uh, and for those that don't know, I've got Zeus on my, uh, on my phone. It's like a, it's like a mobile wallet but it's for lightning, right? Um, and I've tried to set it up with my uh, with my node, but um, I can't figure it out. So I might have to. I'll, I'll message you private. <laughs> we can we can get that set yep, up. Yep. Yeah. My uh, my node crashed the other day, actually. Um, well, I, I I thought it had crashed, and then I just uh, panicked and deleted the whole damn thing. So now I'm uh, <laughs> spinning it back up again, <laughs> which is. Which is fun. It's taken a little while, as these things do. Um, and tell us a little bit more about uh, this. The other things you're working on too, man. You've got voltage, right? Uh, Vol- Volt pay. Volt so pay. Voltage is actually the um, the what are they infrastructure? So they provide like virtual machines that you can spin up your own lightning node. But um, yeah, Volt pay is. Uh, point of sale for for merchants so really i wanted to um create something that was easy for um you know people that aren't already down the the bitcoin rabbit hole to start accepting bitcoin in their business um with a a focus on small businesses cafes restaurants um farmers and and that sort of stuff um I've, i've got a bit of a background in um like regen and, and chemical-free market gardening and, and that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, I, I built it with that in mind um, and I just wanted to 
have something that was really easy for people to spin up and start using quickly without having to understand all the technicals. So, yeah, that's um, – I spend a, spend a lot of time working on that. Um, so it's a, and, it's yeah, a, probably it's an app that allows a, a merchant to accept Bitcoin but maybe take fiat as, as a – so say if I wanted to go and buy one of their products or services – I could elect to choose to spend my Bitcoin uh, and they could receive that but then convert it easily enough into fiat so that they can account for it and they, maybe they don't value Bitcoin yet, they don't see the value prop there. So is, is, is that what it is in a nutshell? Um, so I, I, I don't actually have a exchange integration up and running yet. Um, it's it's something that's in the works. But, yeah, at the moment, um, like they they accept bitcoin um and they can easily send it off to to an exchange and convert back to fiat mm. but that's still in the works still in the works um, i see in, so it's almost in theory, like a, that will sorry i'll cut you off that's all right um in, in theory that will be coming and yeah then once that's in there it'll be really smooth and they can choose what they want whether they keep their bitcoin or sell back to dollars or somewhere in between yeah, right. So it's actually, as it stands now, it can facilitate a sense of a circular economy. So if you if you have Vault Pay on your phone, I can pay a Lightning invoice, and they can accept Bitcoin, and it's just and it but it but it accounts for all their SKUs and all of that other stuff. It's, it's sort of like a nice. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, it's got all product management and um, you know records all the transaction histories for their own. Um, tax purposes and that sort of stuff so we'll tell them the exchange rates at the time of the sale um so that way it's it's easy for them to go back and do their accounting for it um yeah so it, it's just kind of a wallet but geared towards merchants that's amazing so you're effectively propagating tears law amongst the community you know um, encouraging merchants to demand Bitcoin as opposed to um, Gresham's law, which is where what is it? Hard money drives it. No, sound money. Uh, what is it? Unsound money will drive out sound money from an economy because you're more likely, more incentivized to spend the unsound money, i.e., fiat, and hold on to your sound money, i.e., Bitcoin or gold. Whereas tiers law is the opposite where the merchant will no longer want to accept the unsound money and will in fact demand the sound money, which then forces everyone to effectively adopt the soundest money over time because they clearly want to part with their sound money for the product or service that they're wishing to buy. Yeah. 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 I, I think, um, you know, there's a, a tendency in, in the community to just hold and that sort of thing. Um, but in the long run, it's really not going to work um, if we don't start using it. Um, and, and I'm talking long term here. I'm not, you know, next year. Mm. If, if we don't start using it, then this thing is going to fail. We can't just lock it up in vaults forever and expect that it will be successful. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we do need to use it. Yeah, we need to get people spending it. We need to get merchants accepting it. Totally, and and it's 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 quite fun. Like I know a, a, a fella who you try an orange pill, and it's like 
the bottom line is he says, I just don't have the extra capital to put into this, this, this thing, you know. Mm. Um, and so I, I can't, in effect, afford to buy Bitcoin because I'm running on a smell of an oily rag effectively. And so I said, well, I'll pay you in Bitcoin for your coffee because I like your coffee. Yeah. And that way you can stack sats and I get good coffee in return. How does that sound? And so that's slowly happening over time where he's, he's kind of getting it. Um, it hasn't helped that the price has dipped quite a lot since doing this. So he's, you know, he's not seeing the, the number go up technology just yet. Value, but yeah. these are some of the yeah. most expensive coffees I'll ever buy in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll look back in, in a few years' time and wonder why you did that. But, um, you know, then he'll... You'll get the excitement of um, the next bull market, in theory, and um, he'll probably ne- never look back. Exactly. So, exactly. It's the way to do it. There's another another Bitcoin that's been propagated and uh, sufficiently evangelized by the NGU tech. Michael, where can people find out a little bit more about you? Follow you. Um, find out a little bit more about Vault Pay and uh, any contributions that you're doing, like on Zeus and things like that. Um, Twitter is the best place. Uh, VaultPay on Twitter is VaultPay app, and I am on Twitter T A L E J. Nice. That's that's really it. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. Well, um, I really appreciate you spending the time and energy with me talking about Bitcoin and how you discovered it. It's um, these conversations are I'm learning very quickly, an absolute joy to have, and they actually set me up for the rest of the day with a fairly positive mindset. So um, thanks for doing that. I appreciate it, man. And um, I look forward to connecting with you again soon. No problem. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on.